Hello and welcome to the Bossit Podcast with Mark Edwards and Michael Humblett. This podcast is released every week and is an over-the-shoulder look of a frank and candid discussion between two experienced software executives providing you with useful tips, techniques and the latest concepts to help you grow your software business in the fast-paced digital age. So let's get into it. Here is Mark Edwards and Michael Humblett. Hello and welcome to Boss It Podcast. Um, Michael is today... You're in Belgium, aren't you? You're still in Belgium? I'm in Belgium. I'm in a, in a, in a co-working space, so uh, ignore the noise. Uh, but should be fine for 30 minutes. So any chickens going to interrupt today? No, no, no chickens. <laughs> just uh, technicians because I'm sitting next to this massive screen. And they, they are... I mean, it's in a football stadium. I really like this concept of like co-working in a football stadium. And uh, I expect they're going to try and disturb me and kick me out, but we'll manage, Mark. We'll manage. We'll have a go anyway. Do, yeah. Can you tell us a bit about what you're doing at the moment? I mean, that sounds quite interesting. You're in a football stadium. You've got a big screen yeah. there. Tell us a bit about that. That sounds interesting. So so quickly today, I, you know, I have a YouTube show. It's called uh, Sales Acceleration Show. So today I had five guests. So I've been interviewing the whole day long with camera crews, walking in and out offices. And what they have in each place called Hient. And they have a massive football stadium and they did a very smart move. They actually, the whole side of the building is only co-working. So it's packed with startup and scale-ups and you have incredible views on the football stadium. It's very high. And actually they generate good cash, this football stadium, because they attract a lot of talent to the stadium. So it's not only football, it's a mix of business during the week. And there is some very uh, promising startups. One of them is Intuo. I can talk about them. In three years, they, three years and a half, they did about a million and a half uh, ARR, so they're like scaling dramatically. I got them in the show. Uh, I think you've met them in the meantime. Uh, yes, Mark? I know them. Yes, uh, yeah, good guys. Good guys. So it's been rather busy. One guest today, I want to mention something uh, about because I thought it was really interesting. It's a lady, and she gets hired by um, CEOs, uh, very uh, let's say large corporates. Can't tell you which one, but really, really large one. And she trains the CEOs how to coach how to speak how to act on stage and how to come across as not lying now that's interesting yeah? <laughs> so she, she this whole story about non-verbal communication and how can you tell somebody's lying and she she's been trained by cia and fbi in investigation techniques all of that really really interesting i think mark we will invite her to our show one day yes because definitely that's Really, really cool stuff. I'm, I'm a bit worried about that last statement, though, to, to teach them how not to look like they're lying. Surely they do, yes. should not lie in the first place. Isn't that the right they way to do it? <laughs> you know, I'm a sales guy, Mark, so I'm saying it's not lying. It's a different kind of truth. <laughs> <laughs> has, no, no, no. Has, yeah. this, has this lady written a book? Because I remember reading a book from a lady with that sort of background, and it was around... Uh, sort of verbal clues and things related no, to no, the no, she, she hasn't written. It's one of those people that is off the grid. You don't find anything. You yes. only can hire via referrals. She chooses her customers actually herself. Like, no, I'm not going to work for you. I'm going to work yes. for these yeah. people. So, and I, I said to her, I said, how can you be off the grid like that? I mean, you need to come to my show. And she reluctantly said yes. And ah, she did fantastic. Excellent. Did fantastic. Well, I, I think. What have you been up, uh, Mark? 
Well, I was just going to say to you, actually, before I sort of um, talk a bit about what I've been doing, is two things there, really, is interesting that, you know, I know that you've, you've got your own uh, channel, YouTube channel. Yeah. I wanted to say, what, why did you do it? And what benefits do you see from having that channel? So I, I, first of all, I think in sales, you have three steps you need to go through, which is why do you need a solution now, which is my service? Why do you need it now? Which then basically is, I'll make sure you make more money faster in essence. I'm just giving you the value prop. And then the last one is why you? And the why you, you need to solve before the customer finds you because 57% of the the decision-making process has been done before they meet you. So I thought I need to be not only on LinkedIn, I need to be like an expert. I need to be a thought leader. So as an experiment, I said, I'm going to make one post per week. So I started in May last year with my first movie and I I gave it, I wanted to show for the simple reason that uh, I want to interview some people, and, and in the beginning I talked way too much, and then I let the people talk, you know. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's the nature of the beast, and and that actually only that doing that, being on the second largest search engine in the world, which is YouTube, has yes. has scaled business dramatically. I mean, if you look at LinkedIn in Belgium, there is no escape from Michael being a sales expert, and it's just by doing the movies and keeping up the production. I know you've been, you, you are also looking at YouTube. I mean, you're making the movies and all yes. of that. Why are you doing it, Mark? Well, I think probably for the same reasons, but they, they came probably secondary to us. I think it's a big learning curve that we've been through, not just for me, but for other people within Boss Equity. The, the initial reason was that I was finding that the people that were coming to us we needed to go through um, a bit of an education with them before those people were in a position where we really wanted to engage with them. Because unfortunately, there are so many myths and misconceptions that um, I, I didn't want to start with a client until they really understood, um, first of all, who we are, what we do very clearly and the way that we work. Because, you know, we've developed something here and I, I don't want to compromise it. And I felt that sometimes because they're seeing out in the industry um, people that work in a very different way, a way that I don't believe in, you know, I'm not going to compromise on my principles in that respect. You know, I, I know that we've developed something of great value here. But in order for the client to uh, really appreciate it, not always, um, sometimes it did require a sort of a bit of education. And I thought this would be a good way is that they could uh, they could see us, they could get a feel for us, what we're like. <clears throat> we're not right for everyone. I mean, we, I think, you know, me personally, but as an organization, we are quite forthright and, and we do what I believe is correct, which is we're brought in to advise and we'll say when we think the client is wrong. You know, we won't yeah, say we won't that. say what say what we, we we think them they want us to say because we want to take their money, and yeah. we qualify really hard with with our clients. Um, we do yeah. what we call no. this sort of sanity check stage. So it was it was an education that we felt could help 
the client before we fully, you know, when we really started talking face to face, they would be able to see some of those videos, get a feel for us. But I think secondary, what we've seen is that it it does create more opportunities. And, and that's always a good thing. If you've got yeah, more opportunities than you need, then then you're in a strong position. And that's how it should be. Yeah, so. I absolutely agree. And also just the power of saying, hey, just go check this movie or you have that problem. Here is a movie quickly, three minute watch. It's really strong. <clears throat> yeah, and I, really strong. absolutely. And I think um, there's a lot to learn because it's one of those things. It's quite it's quite interesting. It's about it's a bit like asking somebody their opinion about music. If you ask them uh, somebody's opinion about social media or video creation, everybody seems to have about 10 opinions each. <laughs> and quite often it's quite often it's conflicting. True. So it's it is it can be very difficult. Do a search on Google and you will get thousands and thousands of different articles and advice. Some are a lot better than others and um that can make it difficult. So we've learned we you know we do listen to people that we trust. Um, but you mainly learn by doing. Get out there and do it. And we've got better. Mm-hmm. We have. Um, as, a, as a side effect, I also like that in a way you're documenting what you're doing. Yes. So that's you're true. building actually a visual archive. And I think um, it's going to be very intriguing to watch back yes. in five years to yeah. see, like, look, look at this. Because it's like on your phone, if you think about it, I don't have pictures of myself on my phone. I have pictures of everybody. But if you want to post something, you suddenly need pictures of yourself. <laughs> yes. Yes, I must admit, although I'm a photographer, I don't have many pictures of myself. <laughs> I, have the, yeah. I have the lens firmly pointed the other way. But it will, it will also be interesting because you and I know in five years, the software tech business will have changed again. Yeah. Now, that that some, rate of change is changing, is increasing without a doubt. Yeah. And, and something, an effect I see because I'm doing this around nine months, these yeah. movies... I now see that some of the older movies are picking up speed in views incredibly. And you don't know which topic you're addressing that actually is on this moment or is going to be in the future on uh, in the media or whatever is is a hot topic because things change the whole time. So for me, it's intriguing to see like, and suddenly everybody's watching presentation skills again, and then it goes down and then it picks up again. So it's good for your, when you have to write material or talk, when I do a lot of public talking, to see, aha, this part is still of interest. I need to address it. Yesterday, I did a speech for 90 people at a company called In The Pockets. They design startups, actually. That's what they do. They make startups. And um, they actually asked me, others, can you please explain the whole flow in a presentation? And I, I was amazed. So I, I went back to some basics, and, and they liked it. What do, you, what do you see as being the most – if we're talking just at the moment about – the creation of video and I'm not talking about animated video yeah I'm talking about people you know facing the camera what do you see as being the most important points that they need to get right so one you need to have your lightning and your sound right that's yes. basic that's something yeah. I had to learn the hard way <laughs> yeah. uh, two you need to if you, you only have two three minutes maximum so what you need to do is you need to make it very pragmatic and tangible there is so much blah, blah already. I get really nervous. So what I like, love to do is like I set the scene, one, two, three sentences, a bit more strategic, and then I dive deep and say, this is how you do it. When they watch the movie, they can do it. They can do something with it. And I think that's, for, for me, it's critical, but that's also the type of movies I like to see. 
Yes, that, that's true. I think for me, the other thing is, um, is to try is to be authentic. Is, yeah, is, yeah. Is to be yourself. But your style grows, uh, Mark. In the beginning, look yes. to our podcast. In the beginning, you're all tensed and and you're not relaxed. And then after a while, you might get too relaxed. That's another story. But you really learn also. I had to learn how to phrase and stay within those three minutes because I kept on talking and talking. And you have to get to the conclusion faster. The other thing that I, I, I say, I, mean, I sort of say to myself, but I also say to our clients, because this is so important. This, you know, this comes back to communication, the whole <laughs> topic in itself. More, more than one podcast, but I think when, when it comes to video is don't, don't worry too much about tripping up on words. And, and, and the analogy I give is, you know, if you go to have a meeting with somebody and you trip up or you mispronounce or you can't find a word and you pause for a couple of seconds, you wouldn't say, hang on a minute, walk out the room and say, I need to start this meeting all over again. I think yeah, <laughs> just no, carry yeah. on. Don't worry. And yeah. the funny thing is that as soon as you think like that, you will trip up far less often. Yeah. And if you do, people yeah. don't care. I agree. I agree. Who cares? It's, it, it's also perfection is not real. Yeah. I like it to have a fault here and there because it makes it real. And by the way, that's my advice for demos. Fail during your demo. It's the perfect thing because then you can say, <laughs> look, I can, if even I can do this, you can do it too. It works really well, but all of them are focused on getting this demo of software, whatever you're doing, like perfected. And I'm saying, guys, don't over perfect it. Make sure something goes wrong so you can prove because the reality is people do use your software and they have no clue where to go. Yeah. Yes. I, and, and the other, the other point that um, I thought of, and I just jotted down here when you were doing your intro was the importance of the business leaders being seen within the industry being seen to clients yeah. and having that figurehead and videos yeah. are a great way of doing that. Yeah. But it's funny when, when I, when you post, I have it, especially on LinkedIn, people come to me and say, Michael, you're all over the place. You're doing so well. And I'm thinking, I just posted like four weeks in a row, one video that <clears throat> that's it. It's, it's <laughs> reception it changes. And I also think by the way, on videos that people overdo the quality. I mean, I have pretty high quality videos because I really, I have somebody working for me doing it. But yes. when I started out, I just did some rather, it's, it's the content. The best, yes. the best YouTube channel to have a look at that, how somebody's doing it. I think we talked about it last time is a guy from close.io. Just have a look. He just records himself with uh, headphones because of, and he just talks three, four minutes on, on a topic. And it's actually really, really interesting. Do you, th do you think that there's anything specific for the software tech industry in in this idea about videos? Um, because I've they, thought they about should, this. Yeah. I mean, I've thought I about this a few times that I think that um, video is very good because we are probably now talking to a generation that have grown up looking at television from a very young age and they're used to taking in information. And software tech, it actually can be quite complicated. We don't realize, being on the outside. It's a, it's a bit more than just television, because I grew up with television. They grew up with mobile and internet. And I think the sharing concept of I'm watching something, easy to digest, and I'm going to share it to other people quickly. I mean, they communicate. Look to Snapchat and some of these. They communicate via mail, uh, no, sorry, via 
via little videos. Mm-hmm. We're not used to that. I'm uh, one of those guys that likes to text. Yeah, I mean, the, my my clients haven't grown up with the internet because that's only no. that's only twenty something years ago, isn't it? I mean, I picking agree. things up yeah, on yeah. mobile is fairly recent. So, I you yeah. know, I'm talking to the generation that are probably coming out of the sixties and seventies and maybe early eighties. You know, to be a software owner, you're typically a bit older. Although, you know, we have seen some quite young people now um, with some business, but typically, you know, that's the age group. So for them, it's television. But I, but I agree. You, I mean, with what you're doing with salespeople, they may have perhaps that's all they've ever known is is the internet and having access to information in that way. When I, when I, when I um, like the last three days, I've been a lot into public places. Let's say it with speaking slots. I have a lot of people coming to me saying, "I've seen all your videos." By the way, they never liked or shared them, so people do watch, and then they ask me like. Can you make more? Can you do this? Can you do that? So there, there is an appetite for it. There is an appetite for it. Absolutely. It, it is, a, is a question for you. What, what okay. are some of the worst mistakes you've made when doing videos? Let's, let's be honest here. Let's, let's get some out there. <laughs> yeah. One, one was I talked, I talked way too long. And uh, the biggest issue I think is you can drift off. You start drifting off into non-structured drift off. Yes. Like in a, in a real conversation, when you have some beers, you do that. You don't realize, but <laughs> yes. we do that. Yeah, we do that during the day also. Yeah. And that's when meetings go bad. Meetings is like this endless talking in a video. You cannot do that. That's for me like number one. <laughs> number two, I am a fiddler. Oh, sorry. Yeah, this is the proof. I am a fiddler. I kind of. <laughs> Just to and prove I, it, you fiddled and yeah, dropped something. Yeah, yeah. That's and, great. And, I love it. <laughs> and, I, and I make crazy noises and I do these things with my face and I don't even realize I'm looking around and, and you have to be conscious of your body. And yes. three, I, ne- I try to not listen to myself too much because it's so weird. <laughs> yes. So the trick is I let other people watch and decide on which thumbnail or picture or if it is good or not good because I am biased to myself. They are not. So they will make very different choices than I do. And that's intriguing because they will make better choices than I do. <laughs> yes, that's a good point. I, I, I've learned um, not to – I don't tend to watch my own videos back too much and definitely <laughs> don't become too – I hate watching it. <laughs> I don't yeah. like watching myself on video. Um, in fact, I don't even like the sound of my own voice. I think most people tend to say that because your voice sounds very different to how you hear it because you hear it sort of internally within your head. And when you hear a recording, you think, well, that's not me. Uh, you know it's you, but it's, it, it does sound a bit weird. So I think that's, that's something that's very common. Um, and I know not to watch videos and become too super critical because I don't want the next time to stand there and be, you know, sort of overthinking it. I think you can do that. Um, yeah. And I know, yeah. and I know what you mean about sort of wandering off subject, talking too much going on yeah. too long and it is a bit like the conversation that you have with friends over a beer sometimes when you can start off on one topic and you have a few drinks and and by the end of the evening you're talking about the existence of aliens and everyone's agreeing with you you know it just gets yeah. it gets a bit crazy doesn't it you don't want to do that <laughs> the, the other thing i do and it, i think it's it's i do it in real life the whole time but on video you see it you're thinking, you're talking, and no, you're talking and doing your thing, and then suddenly you think about, mm, I'm talking too long, and then I cut it off. Bang! Ah. So, so I don't wrap it up. I just 
subscribe to the channel and that's something that today peter and my cameraman kept saying michael you cannot do it and i'm like yeah but i'm done no 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 you have to wrap it up (laughs) (laughs) you're right i because the person who does the videoing for me she tends to hold up fingers and i say well we're going to do it for three minutes and as she's doing it, when I get to three, I sort of try and end it within a few seconds. And I think sometimes it does come to too much of an abrupt end. Um, I've seen what, what you'd said before about lighting. And actually, I should have been ashamed of myself to get lighting yes, wrong. Yes, you should, Mark. <laughs> I've, been trained, I've been trained in this and I've been a photographer for many, many years. And exactly. I've actually given workshops on, on lighting, yeah. still photography, not so much video, but I mean, the principles are the same. And yeah. Some of the silly things I've done, set up the lighting yeah. and, le- and left the room lights on, which spoils the whole effect. One, one, <clears throat> good, one good advice, and I'm not applying it myself yet. I'm getting there. That is, video is in the beginning hard and difficult and there's a lot of stuff around it the one thing that i learned um, is that you have to make it part of your daily routine that means if for instance i'm at the office uh at lunch i have a guest coming over we we film and the problem is if if you have to go and organize locations go there it's just just it's such a drag it's a lot of work and i'm like like today, I mean, I had to organize. You don't want to know how many people I had to phone and get it all done. And it's just, but if I would do it at my office, like on a, on a Thursday, because, you know, I made the promise of Thursday, I'm going to work on the business one day. Um, I want to do my show on Thursday lunch. Just come by. I'm going to be completely relaxed. It's going to be very different. And then mm. have a regular schedule. And I think if you make it part of your daily routine, it's going to work way, way better. Absolutely. And actually, you just saying that about routine is something I really believe in. And I just because I I had to cut short the videos that we were just creating because we had to create three videos. I'm going to go back into the studio um, once soon as we finish this, because this is something that we said to ourselves. We're going to make this routine to do it every single week. No excuses. We're going to get it done. And yeah, I had we had the degree to the time. So I was looking at my watch and I got to my computer a minute before. But routine, you know, I've been a sportsman and routine was the thing that was most important for becoming successful. You know, you designed your, your training program and you knew at six o'clock Monday morning, Wednesday at seven, Friday, you're doing your training and this is what you're going to be doing. And it was just getting into the rhythm that you no longer made the decision of what shall I do today or, you know, not feeling you want, whether you want to do it or not, you just do it because that's what you do at six o'clock on a Monday. And that, that was really important in sport. And I tried to apply that in business. And actually you saying that made me realize that in the video I just made about getting things done, I'd missed that bit out about routine. So I'm going to have to go back and add that. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's very useful. Um, one of the things that I wanted to uh, mention was um, a few days ago, I had a very interesting meeting with um, a very successful PLC company that's grown very, very successfully over recent years, got a good share price. And the chairman has um, come to us and we're having a conversation about when is the right time for them to sell. And it's not an easy 
topic to cover, but there are some common themes that we see. And I think that um, obviously some of that decision is going to be based around the people that are really driving that business. And, and what, I would, what I would say with that, that, that view it as sometimes, sometimes people feel who are leading the business that they've got to keep going and going and going, um, even when they shouldn't. And what I mean by that is there will come a time when you're going to run out of energy and you're going to run out of steam. And that's yeah. quite often a good time for those shareholders to get out or yeah. shareholder. Um, but don't feel guilty. Um, that that is something that I've sort of picked up in, you know, recently when we've been doing the seminars um, and thinking back to some of the clients that we've had previously, sometimes there's a little bit of guilt when they start to talk to you about the possible sale of their business um, because it's almost as though they're, they're cashing out and they're leaving everyone. And, yeah. and, and that is not the case. I think quite often it's a bit like having a young child who grows into a teenager. There comes a stage when you have to let them go and let them spread their own wings. And it's, it's a similar for a business. Have you, have you come across that, that sort of idea of people where they're sort of, you know, feeling, I mean, I have seen businesses that have gone on way, way, way too long. They should, yeah. they, they should have left it 10 years previous. And it's hard to reinvent at a certain stage because you've done things in a certain way. You are successful, but the new way is not that way. There is actually a good book written about it called The Day After Tomorrow, how you should always invest partly in uh, innovation, all of that. But I, I understand what you're saying. Sometimes there is this tiredness and, and it's letting go. I'm saying no. I, I think with most businesses... If it can run, you, you said that to me. If you can make it build in such a way that it can run without you, you are actually doing the right thing. That could oh, be the absolutely. moment where you have to decide. From, like, look, somebody else is standing up. Now yes. is my moment to go. Yeah, and, and I, I don't think I've ever met an owner of a software business that's survived. Because remember, 90% don't. It's a 90% failure rate in the software at tech industry. You know, I was reminded by that just, just uh, last week. I was watching... Uh, there was a video by Bill Gates and he was talking about this high uh, failure rate. And this is exactly the same sort of figure that we came up with. It's really, really high. But if you've, if you've survived, then I bet you that that entrepreneur has to had a, make a lot of sacrifices. You know, money, yeah, time, absolutely. effort, lots and lots of hard work. And, and the hard work is, is not, it doesn't feel like hard work when you're really motivated and you're having fun. But 10 years later... You, you may not be having as much fun. You know, the, the, the creative side of the business. Actually, the business perhaps doesn't need your creativity anymore. And yeah, you need to hang yeah. it, hold it, you know, hand over the reins to somebody who is going to manage the business. They're not needing to be so creative. They need to, to manage the business and just really nail it down and, and make sure that they have great control. Maybe it needs to be under the umbrella of a much larger organization. But the idea of guilt, and that's something, you know, thinking back, I've seen quite often. I, I think that entrepreneurs need to let that one go because yeah. most of the time they're doing it for the right reason. I, I, that's, I never thought it that way, but I mean, there is indeed some guilt. And, yeah. and also, but they also have, I see two things. I see there is some guilt, but I also see a lot of, thinking that the business cannot live without them. And that's, that's, 
Oh yeah, that's something yeah. that's that's another problem, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think I think that can be true, but then that's why that's why I'm always saying you need to begin your business with your exit strategy in place, and you always exactly. need to be building the business in the right way, so that it's not solely dependent on you. I mean, the ideal way, really, if you if you could think of the the perfect business, you know, it would be a business that was generating a lot of cash. You probably didn't have many people because people can cause you problems, but that's another matter. And you could manage it from anywhere in the world from a laptop. You know, wouldn't that be great? You could be sitting on a beach in the Seychelles managing your business. Um, I don't know how many people actually achieve that dream, um, but I think I think it can be achieved. And I have come across people who have, have managed, they've looked at their business in the right way and they've given themselves today. the right goals. Yeah, I, met one, I met one today. Uh, they could do it. I mean... It's a company called Team Leader. They're one of the big SaaS companies in Belgium. They sell CRM software. They are into the, they sell to like really small companies. Uh, and they never, I was actually a bit shocked because everybody talks about sales going on site. And they said, look, we just don't do it. We do everything from inside the company. So there's almost no customer visits. So if customers come, we all put them together in a big group every X amount of weeks. So that's a business you could technically run from anywhere in the world yes and i think that probably what they what to do that they've probably remained very focused and they've looked at their whatever sta- yeah they've looked yeah. They've, they've looked at the processes with the business and they've made them very very efficient one yeah so so they talk to me about a lot of processes they're really into buyer journeys and process 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 and then there was one interesting yeah. thing it's a bit outside of the topic of today we should maybe cover it next time is sure. the big question is where do you get sales talent you have all these inside sales or sales development ra- uh, roles where do you find these people and it's a, becoming a big big issue do you need to hire somebody more senior do you need to get them off school how do you do it? So they, they talk, we talked 15 minutes about process and that, and that was a very intriguing discussion. That's something you and I need to talk about because I think when you look at a lot of the leaders now that have a more existing business, the way to grow, one of the ways to grow is to start infusing it with inside sales. And then the question is, where do you find them? How do you train them? How do you keep young talent? Very intriguing. Well, I think, I, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's something that we could cover as you know, I had a recruitment business many, many years ago. So it'd uh, be interesting to, to have that chat with you. But I think the first step would be for them to sort out their sales process yeah. and uh, make sure they've got a strong one in place and then recruit. Absolutely. Just Absolutely. look. Just looking at the time, we've just gone over 30 minutes. So that's it. End. what i do then mark is that if you like what you've seen give it a thumbs up subscribe for more (laughs) click the link below they say don't you if you want to hear more subscribe by clicking the link you've got to do all of that haven't we i actually don't think it's gonna work that way no no (laughs) i'll let you wrap this up mark i can learn something from you well i would say this has been boss it if you've enjoyed it, come and listen to it again. Thank you for your time. How about Thank that? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. Bye-bye. Bye.